Danny, welcome back to the show. Let's start by talking about November because that's where all the volatility talk seems to be happening right now. Everybody wants to discuss the liftoff that's happening for vol around November. So I'm kind of wondering, Danny, at this point, with so much talk about it, what's the chances that this is a, a you know, event to fade that volatility in November? Is the option market uh, going to get overpriced? So right now we're seeing a roughly two and a half percent move price for the U.S. election. And what's driving this move in volatility is people are hedging for it. There's, I think, concern that there'll be a Democratic sweep, which might be a negative and might cause a uh, uh, market to sell off. So when you know there's a big event and when there's a lot of risk associated with it, people hedge to get in front of it. It makes total sense. Just think about uh, Brexit, think about the 2016 election. So then after the event, what do you do? You've got these hedges, they expire, they're gonna be worth nothing, the event's gone, or you're gonna try to monetize them if the market sells off. But the same, everyone's kind of doing the same thing. You're selling out of your hedges. So. One thing that uh, you know, I think will happen after the election is volatility is going to drop significantly because no matter what the conclusion is, all the uncertainty is gone. Whether it be a Democratic sweep, whether it be Trump wins, it doesn't really matter. Um, the uncertainty is gone, and what you do is you end up selling your hedges. But more near-term, there's a debate tomorrow. Tomorrow night is the first debate, and that actually we think can cause some near-term uh, turbulence in the market, especially if there's uh, – you know, some comments about China, some comments about trade. And one thing that we've been focused on for this week is looking at hedges uh, specifically related to China ETFs. We've looked at FXI and uh, KWEB, that's the China tech ETF, because we think that there's an outside chance or possibility that both Biden and Trump will be particularly hard on China. And you know, Trump can be so volatile, perhaps even insinuate that there'll be more tariffs prior to the election. So this is interesting, and I want to get to this FXI point. Uh, but uh, first, before that, just to come back to the uh, debate point tomorrow, because again, there's you know a lot of uh, kind of speculation. It seems about you know who would be what, how the market would respond to what. But you know, I don't really know. There's no real like quantitative way to figure that out just yet. But I guess this might be an interesting you know test where if everybody's saying tomorrow, oh X person you know, won the debate or crushed the other guy or whatever, and the market does something. Should we put weight into that? Will we be looking at how that changes the volatility dynamics in November? Yeah, I think it, I think it, it it's worth paying attention to. I don't think the S&P is going to move a ton after this. But that's why we're sort of focused on particular sectors and particular countries where both candidates seem to have a similar view, and that's why... Mm. You know, you showed that chart earlier of just the five-day price change in FXI and S&P. FXI was down almost 6% last week compared to the S&P, nearly flat, I think down 50 bips. Um, we think both Biden and Trump will be a little bit more aggressive towards China because they think that's a winning issue. And one thing that Biden may do is suggest that Trump hasn't been as strong and, and phase one deal isn't, uh, you know, they, we aren't, they aren't adhering to the phase one deal and it's all, it's all talk. And as we know, Trump can be a little bit more volatile. So we'd play for this underperformance to continue. And not only that, FXI volatility is very low relative to S&P. So hedging there, buying puts for this week, we think is very reasonable in an area that both candidates could agree on, as opposed to trying to guess what the market will think um, if Trump says this or Biden says that. We think that we'd rather stick to areas where it's more likely they're on the same page. Okay, so th you're basically saying, look, I don't want to have to try and figure out all the ins and outs of who's good for what. Just decide where they have the most similarities. 
and go there. So FXI, the China play through that, basically the idea is it hasn't responded enough just to the potential risk on the geopolitical side or that specifically within the equity sell-off since September, it, ha it should be down more relative to what's happening here in the U.S.? Yeah, we think that's a certainly could be the case um, near term. And we know that Trump is going to try to hammer home winning issues. And one of them seems to be the view that uh, China is not our friend and we need to continue to stay aggressive there. And one thing that he potentially could do is increase tariffs ahead of the election in order to um, you know, prop up potentially his numbers and, and show to prove his base that he's doing what he said he would do. And in that case, you know, China would be an underperformer. And at the same time, you could see Biden sort of railing there as well, um, hmm. causing further downside. And then further out, when we actually get to the election, I think it's less clear what will move because there's so many moving parts. And there's also could be the, you know, the boogeyman, which could be some sort of potential delay in the election results, which many people have started to discuss. Okay, so here we're looking at the role of these two events tomorrow, then the election on volatility. We see where the implied volatility picks up. You're looking here at the term structure of 3,400 strike calls to see where that move does go higher. There's also a little kink here you can see just on the short term. You've also got this week, Danny, the employment report on Friday. In addition to the debate, as we've been discussing a ton of important economic data, Here's the one-week straddle uh, as you've grabbed this, too, to show what just the potential for vol over the next week. Are we looking at a market that could be expanding in, in vol instead of slowing down? Yeah, so right now the, the S&P is pricing in an up or down 2.7% move for the week because, as you mentioned, we also have payrolls on Friday in addition to the debates tomorrow. Um, last week we only moved 60 bips, but it was the fourth straight down week. And so typically when the market starts selling off pretty consistently, uh, you're seeing short dated implied volatility increase, and that's what sort of happened. Uh, to me, this looks a little expensive. Last week we moved 60 bips. I think after the... Uh, after the debate, I think volatility will drop a little bit for the week. And then going into the payrolls, this is the last, uh, I believe this, oh, sorry, this is, yeah, this is the last NFP, I believe, before the election. Um, so the way that I would play it is perhaps, you know, own a little bit of all for the, the debate tomorrow and then get out of it before Friday. And then Thursday afternoon, if things look cheap enough, perhaps, uh, you know, go look at the S&P market again if things look cheap. My guess is this payroll number will look okay as it is the last one before the debate so try mm. to put up a good fire to it interesting okay so this is going to be a busy five days 2.7 percent implied move and then the other thing of course we're watching here is just the overall tech bounce that we've seen how much of this is uh you know a real return back to the trend higher what within the last 48 hours in this morning is just kind of like an expected you know bounce after just selling and lower highs lower lows on the chart the nasdaq's been looking a little bit ugly danny what's the role in terms of the call and volatility dynamics that worked on the way up do those need to work again because last time you and i talked we were discussing all the stuff from august right that big melt up in the market all the calls that were taking place Here's your guys' chart looking at potential role from SoftBank and individual traders too. So what do you look for now, Danny, to see if that type of froth, that excitement is swooping back into the market? 
So yeah, this chart's kind of interesting. It just looks at the implied volatility of a Q's D300 call. I think Q's are roughly around 270. And then it also looks at the, this is an bought by SoftBank um, over the last several months. And mind you, we're tracking, this is our estimate, so it's not 100% confirmed. Sure. Basically telling you that there's been a ton of calls and call spreads bought by SoftBank. We think that increased volatility as the market increased. You also had, obviously, the retail buying uh, from all the, you know, the Robinhood accounts, whatever else. You had all these short-dated calls that sort of got the market to spring higher, volatility to spring higher. And now what we're seeing is some of those longer-dated calls by SoftBank are being unwound. Um, but the difference is this time is initially when they were bought, they were bought with calls and stock. So you sold out of your stock, you bought your calls, and you kept your long position. Now the calls are just being sold outright. So they could have some sort of impact where as we rally, we think the upside potentially could be a little bit limited because these calls will continue to be sold and monetized. Because this time they're not actually traded with stocks. You're just selling calls, which should depress volatility, but also could push the market down a little bit. So while we will have, I mean, huge are going to rally because Q's are other news that's beyond the ceiling on where tech stocks could go at least prior to the election. And what we've seen is that a lot of the uh, options purchased by SoftBank, most of them expire prior to December expiry. So as those get unwound, that's going to create a little bit of a ceiling on um, the Q's. So what we've been sort of suggesting to clients, if you want to own upside in tech for either the election or just for the next few weeks or for the next round of earnings, We'd consider call spreads in lieu of outright call options because I think you're going to have this dynamic is that as we rally, because um, this is what I would do if I owned a bunch of single stock calls and they made money, I'd try to collect my, I'd sell them and take it off the premium. Hmm. Um, in this case, we expect SoftBank to do the exact same. Okay.